Good morning, everybody. Welcome to a Tuesday show. Hopefully you're doing all right. Hopefully you had a good day yesterday. It was okay. So, let's get this going. Got to remember what button to push. <laughs> Need more coffee today for sure. Welcome to Break the Cycle with DSD. I am your host, Dwayne. I am not a therapist. I'm an individual much like you that's been through a toxic, stressful experience. But I developed some tips and techniques over the nine years, almost 10 years that I've been going through this that I share with you to hopefully help you get your life back. Minimize the impact and undo some of the damage. And help you rebuild the relationship with your kids. Just remember, only a licensed professional can diagnose an individual with a personality disorder, so be very careful going around diagnosing your people. You'll, you'll notice in, the, in some of the last, or in the latest videos, we've had this reoccurring theme where we're starting to see evidence, significant evidence, that it really hurts our position and I think it's wrong that that's the case but it's the reality of it so just uh, be careful if you like what's going on here and you want to support the channel you can do that by becoming a channel member I really appreciate it, it helps me keep the lights on and and stuff if you you can do that by going over to youtube.com slash dad surviving divorce look for the join button and you get special badges custom emojis like the boop emoji and uh, you get your name prominently listed at the end of the show and you'll be able to access future upcoming member only events. I do want to say that I do not intend to stop this morning show in lieu of membership stuff. The only thing that will stop this morning show is if uh, my day job somehow interrupts or interferes with it. But as it stands right now, this is before my day job. So I don't think we'll run into that problem at all. If you want to get the text notification, you can, for the show, it goes out like five minutes before it goes out, just text DSD Live to 844-998-0012, And speaking of phone numbers, the phone lines are open. If you want to participate, you can call in at 1424-373-5483, dsd live For international callers, I shall remind you that there is a web interface that allows you to get into the show without having to pay international calling. So if you're outside of the United States or for some reason it's a toll call and you cannot afford it, just scroll on in the description. You will see the link for that. Uh, if I remember correctly, it's callinstudios.com slash show slash DSD live. And that, my friends, is the the normal introduction into the, the show. You know what? I have a topic for today, but I do have a caller. So I'm going to go ahead and just go to the caller. I normally don't, but I'll do that. And, uh, and then we'll jump into the topic for today. So area code 917, I'm going to go to you now. And hello and welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? It's uh 
Good. Thank you so much for all your service. But this is just amazing. Um, we talked before about a month ago, Amy, in New York, uh, with this horrible custody case. And um, so I, I'm in this in this awful custody case, emergency custody case. My son had smoked nutmeg, my 14-year-old. And um, I'll just, you know, take one second and just debrief you again that my ex-husband tried to blame is that nine months later after this one-off incident, because I <clears throat> got a restraining order against him, uh, my ex-husband tried to get my son to write a statement of concession. He was being solicited for money by... So my ex-husband lives with a, with a narcissist, psychopathic girlfriend like him, and my children lived there for about a year and, until I found out that her son, who's the same age as my 14-year-old, was soliciting my son for money for drugs. So he wanted to sell my son marijuana. In the meantime, my son is disabled. He has ADHD, um, a hearing sensory disorder called misophonia. He has cough tics. He had eye tics. I mean, he's in an IEP. He's in special ed and takes Vyvanse, Lexapro. You can imagine, um, and my son smoked a nutmeg cigarette in their basement of their home. Now, nutmeg, I didn't know, uh, you all might want to know, is a, an abused hallucinogen now among teenagers and among young people, and I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't Anyway, either. CPS was called in. Yeah, it's it's really big. And so you nutmeg often, uh, I'm also a nursing assistant, so nutmeg use often um, usually ends people up in the ER with all kinds of symptoms, including tachycardia, you know, really fast heart rate, blood pressure drops, uh, serious stomach issues, really serious. In any case, I found out that my ex-husband knew about this, tell me, and the marijuana also. And instead of dealing with this in a normal way, of course, the narcissist is not going to deal with this. He and his girlfriend called me up and screamed at me. And then he began to harass my child for an admission of apology or a confession that all of this was his fault. And in any case, uh, he threw my son under the bus to save his relationship with his girlfriend and was protecting his girlfriend's son. So, of course, my 14-year-old is very depressed now. Oh yeah. Um, he refused to go back to his refused to go back to his home. He, in the meantime, abandoned my fourteen-year-old and my eleven-year-old for the last seven months. So he sees them for two hours, like on a Sunday, and um, he just left. And he is in touch with them on the phone. He gives my eleven-year-old piano lessons because we're all professional musicians. Mm -hmm. um, but he, my eleven-year-old, is devastated why he had them for 10 overnights a month in any case he's the most vicious the reason i'm calling really is because he's the most vicious person in court that has ever lived okay. he managed to convince the last judge i've been in court for three years managed to convince the judge that i might have munchausen's because i take my kids to the doctor um this is all control during the marriage he took care of my kids they're both asthmatic you know, they have other health issues. Um, and I had to go. I lost everything I had to prove myself. And um, now I'm back in court with him. I got an emergency custody hearing over the lack of communication with the drug use. And he had a restraining order. I, I don't have money. 
I would like to get my kids things that they need. I have spent thousands and thousands of dollars in court on my third lawyer now, and I'm considering uh, withdrawing the petition, but, you know, Dwayne, he dropped his lawyer. He wouldn't pay his lawyer, and he wouldn't answer to my lawyer to try to settle. He refuses to settle, and he is now representing himself, and I'm petrified because the judge doesn't know me or my kids. He's the, this is a new judge, unfortunately, the old judge who knew my case well. The old judge kicked him out of court. The old judge said to him, get out of my court. He knocked down his counter custody petition. This is a new judge who doesn't really care about the drug use. There's a second conference coming up. And I know that my ex-husband is busy writing either a counter custody petition or some scathing response reply paper. And I know that unless I go to trial and lose my home to go to trial, because I'll have to bring all the doctors in at $10,000 a doctor and all that, I'm I'm in this crazy situation where I'm up against the wall. So I wanted to talk to you about it. You know, I do have the backing of the therapist, of the doctors. I mean, everyone is behind my son and me. Everyone has been through this with him, all the professionals that care for my kids. But I'm scared to be without a law guardian. So I just wanted to talk to you about, you know, if you've been through this, what your feelings are about this. So thanks for listening. Yeah, no worries. Um, See, it's tough, right? I mean, and I understand the dilemma you're in, and I can relate to it in a lot of ways because I ultimately ran out of money too. So, I mean, it's really, you know, you have to ask yourself, well, let me back up. Everything we're, we're, everything that we're dealt on this is always a double bind. It's like, there's no good answer. You walk away, there's repercussions for that. You go forward, there's repercussions for that. You know, you go, you go forward, but you get rid of your attorney and you don't bring the experts in and you just do the best job you can. You know, I mean, there's varying degrees of what's actually possible. And, Mm -hmm. oh, looks like I'm having system problems again. And the reality is, is that you have to, so what I would say is you have to look at, you know, you have to step back and objectively and say, okay, realistically, if you fight this the way you think you have to, would it, would it actually financially devastate you? So that's the first question is, is there any way to make it happen? Okay. Without a doubt. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I could, I, I could, I could. I've been advised, I have lost $200,000 for not going to trial. Right. Okay. So, oh, since 2018. And every lawyer I've been with said, you need a trial. But a trial involves doctors because he's a medical denier. And he's put my kids medical neglect. So I would have to subpoena therapists, psychiatrists, the pediatrician, the pulmonologist. They cost about $10,000 to spend their day in court. And, you know, I asked my lawyer, I was like, what, can't they, someone said to me, can't they write something? And my lawyer has not offered that. And a couple of people said, no, they really do have to come in and give testimony. And I'm not sure about that. So, you know, my fear, Dwayne, is that when he self-represents, he comes in with all of this crazy stuff that a judge will then consider, and then all of a sudden, you know, if I left and kept the custody stipulation as it is, then 
he then he would have to come after me in court and start his own petition. Um, but you know, once he starts asking for, I you know, I don't want her to call the boys anymore, except for at this hour and that hour. Right. I don't, you know, trying to cut off communication. Um, uh, she can't tell me how to give medications. Well, these are, and he's very smart. He's a PhD, right? So he'll come in like he doesn't pull the wall over the judge's eyes, or at least get the judge to consider this insanity. And yeah, I mean, could I go to trial? I, I may need to, and that's what's scaring me because. I would take my kids out of their home and their school district. I mean, it's really serious. And he knows that. And he doesn't care. Yeah. And see, that's the reality of this is they, they do all this stuff and they don't care. They don't care about the damage. They don't care what they're, what, I mean, what they're doing. Okay. My concern personally would be if you, if you just walk away from everything, the damage, especially right now Mm -hmm. with your son, well, okay. Let me let me let me back up. What, just just to double check, what's your custody arrangement right now? How much time do you have right now? Okay, so normally he has ten overnights a month, so we alternate. We alternate, so we have them both every weekend, and he has them every other Wednesday night overnight, and then like every other Wednesday, he takes them for dinner, right? But when COVID started, he sent me an email saying. I think you should take care of the kids until they're better. They both have asthma. They were both sick. Okay. Now, this was a huge change for him because he, he's always constantly saying, I'm a hypochondriac. He doesn't believe in Western medicine. Okay. So anytime the kids get medical care, I'm a hypochondriac. Right. So that was knocked down by CP. None of that was taken seriously. But it was, right, to the extent that I had to prove myself wrong. Because, you know, any narcissist can come in and slap lies against the wall until you prove that he's lying, which I finally did in a settlement conference with the law guardian, right. who actually believed him until I brought my stuff in. And he said, oh, my God, this is a great mom. And But it took me everything I had, all my money. So, so you were asking, so since March, though, he has abandoned all defined court custody time. All. So, so you have, I, you have been, the kids the majority of the time? I have them seven months. I have them full time for the last seven months. Honestly, if, if that's I the... I would think that a judge would care about this, but there's a statute. He has to be gone for a year, and he has to not have paid child support for a year. And it like I'm like hysterical every morning I wake up at the unfairness of that. Oh, yeah. Well, if you have <sighs> physical... If you have the majority of the time, or pretty much all the time with the kids, then you already basically have the prize and then you have to decide, is it really worth it to go down the route? Right. I mean, so again, it it goes back to the, Oh, uh, no, but he, yeah, but he wants them back. They're in therapy, family therapy to go back. My kids want to have some access with him. Right. 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 And there, but so it's likely that it's in the stipulation. You know, my lawyer said, look, it's largely depending on the kids and the therapist is when, when they go back, but they are trying to go back to his and his girlfriend's place. So it will happen. Right. So if you went to court, what I have them now, but I don't mm -hmm. No, If you go back Mm -hmm. to court, what, what are you hoping to accomplish? What's a victory for you? If you go back to court. 
he has to communicate with me. That's the first thing. He can't, when, when there are drugs being taken by my children in his home, he has to tell me. When, when he has to. Well, but he, he already, but, but, abide, a, but, but technically the court order already, more than likely already says he has to communicate with you. Most of them have yeah, standard language in there. To, he's, he's, I, broken, I, he's broken a court order many, many times. So what I, what I did ask for was legal custody because he doesn't care if my, I have a kid in special ed who failed his grades for three months. He didn't do homework with him. Right. There's alienation. So I asked for legal custody. He will not give that to me. So my, I really am asking for legal custody. I also asked for him to go to family therapy to get he has to go to parenting uh, coordination with me you know he won't do any of that with me oh no of Nothing. course not i asked right you know I, I i i asked for a lot of things i had a list of things that i want and i also want reduced access i want reduced visitation until he can prove that he can father you're going to have a really you know, tough time. I, you're going to have a tough time I know. pulling that one off. I mean, that's why I wanted to get to, to double check. So now it's even, so it, it would be one thing if, I don't know. I mean, if like, let's say he was denying you the kids, because we do have a few callers who are dealing with that, right? Where COVID started and the, the, the dads basically kept the kids and we have people who are like trying to, so like not sure what to do. You're really going to have to, to, I would definitely encourage you to double check with your attorney and say, okay, what is the likely, and hopefully you can trust your attorney and he just doesn't want all your money and he'll give you a real answer and sit down and basically have, and what, okay, so what does he say your, your likelihood for success in this is? He does. Well, he he thinks it'd be very hard to get legal custody. So, Um, yeah, and I would, I I would think so too. He thinks it'd be hard. Yeah, he wants to, he's trying to settle with my ex-husband, who's not responding to him, and now he's self-representing, and so all hell is breaking loose. Well, and plus so now your ex, he, since you know, he's self-representing, knows that, that he, every time that the attorney is trying to reach out to him, is costing you, you know, close to $100 an hour, 300 oh, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's, now it's going to be more of a game. Yeah, hour. okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just so, you... <laughs> You know, the, yeah. pro- the, the problem is probably what you need to do. And, you know, maybe, maybe some other people have some different ideas in the comments or whatever, but, but maybe what you need to do is you need to pause and wait for him to make a bigger mistake that actually would help you adjust custody. Otherwise you're going to, you know, you're going to swing for the fences when no one's pitching a ball at you to use a baseball analogy that I'm not very good at. Right. But, right. But, you right. know, I mean, like withdraw the petition. Right. My, you're right. Thank you so much. Because my feeling is, but you know, the point is that he has such well, a serious history of medical neglect. I mean, taking antibiotics away from a very badly infected child. We're talking about. But you've already, but you've already right? litigated. You've already used that, and it didn't work, right? You've already that. That was um, the previous time where you went to court. Right, I didn't get custody, and CPS does not care unless there are broken bones or the kids are burned. Then I hate, I hate to say it, you're, you are better off waiting because you are going to dump all this money yeah. on, you know, you might as well go take and put $200,000 on, you know, on the roulette table 
Right. You know, I mean, it's just, it's, you know, when I often talk about, because because the judge, right, the judge could make worse decisions for my kids. Think about it. You you know, you know, my kids are my family. You're trying. Okay. So you're, you know, you're basically fighting a war. I mean, this is part of the battle. You have to take an objective look at it and say, okay, is this ultimately going to get you to where you're going to go? And it sounds like Mm -hmm. right now the answer is no. So you would be better off keeping your resources and waiting for something that really helped. Now, the sad part is, is the reality is, is that for something to really happen, something is really going to have to happen, right? And it's it's a terrible position for us to be put into. That's the problem. But do you, do you... Do you spend all your resources now, send all your resources into battle now, get them wiped out, and then later, whenever it's even more serious, you don't have, you don't have any resources to fight? And I, I, right, exactly. And my, right, I, I hear what you're saying. And my lawyer, uh, to, to build on what you're saying, thank you so much for that. My lawyer said, look, but my lawyer, we have November 19th court conference, so he's probably busy you know, in, in his, like, crazy... He's probably busy in his cave, furiously writing away some horrible... Another reply paper about what a horrible person I am, and you know. Right. Um, and all of his nonsense. I It's my fault that his kids don't want to see him. You know, all of this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, right. And uh, she got a restraining order, and there was no... Nec- you know, so... The, he's furiously writing this. I know him very well. My lawyer is holding out to see if he'll settle. My lawyer feels confident that he can get him to settle by pressuring him uh, with various things. But I, he has well, not responded to my lawyer. But, you know, told, but, but, think, I, I, but think about it. You know, he's playing a game because he knows it gets to you. He, he probably knows you're completely right. losing your mind right now. He knows that you are right. hyper-focused on, on the kids, as we all should be. And right. he's playing right. you. So use that part mm-hmm. to your advantage. If you, he can think it, let him think it. Right. And if you, right, but I'm not showing it to him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. But I would, you know, and, and what I would do is have your lawyer still try to leverage a settlement, but in the back of your mind, just say, you know what, now you're kind of bluffing, right? Cause it sounds like right now with what you have, mm-hmm. if you went back to court, unless you had an extra, you know, $500,000, to bring more experts in. And even then it's, it's, it sounds like you've, there's already been the precedent set that, that for whatever reason, nobody is really believing the, you know, I mean, you're, you're yelling fire and nobody's seeing the smoke and nobody's seeing the flames. So you have to readjust your approach. They happen because the court sees cases that are, they think they don't think about suicide. They don't think about the level of depression of the child. And also you have to have a fact finding hearing to show these things, I, you know, and it's crazy. Yeah. I, I would say you're probably better off focusing on building the best stable environment for your kids when they're with you, which it sounds like right now. So most of the time, get them the help that they need. I know, I mean, I had a son on IEP. I mean, I understand that that adds a whole nother layer of complexity into it. And just pivot your focus to that, right? Because right? see, here's your next best thing. How the next best thing would be when your kids get to an age to where their voice is heard, and if they are saying, I mean, well, maybe not are. even, they're maybe not. And 11. Yeah, maybe they're, if they're not they're even saying it to. Yeah. Well, where do they want? Do they mm-hmm. say where they want to stay? Yeah, 
Um, they they have already talked. To, my 14-year-old was, will not go back to the girlfriend's house yet. He would like to, at some point, reunite with his father. He would like His father has a vacant apartment 10 minutes from here, and he won't have my son over because he's punishing my son for talking. Right? You know what? I, what I would say is, I think I think you're approaching this the wrong way. You you want? I mean, and I, and I get it, right? Because we want these people to be held accountable for their actions, and for there to be consequences. And like you said at the beginning of your call, this this crap is very unfair. It's not right. It's it's just messed up. the The, the thing is, is that if you if you have the kids the majority of the time. You focus on that. And if your ex, it sounds like he's one of those typical ones that, that is, is in self-destruct mode and is destroying his relationship with his kids all on his own, you know, you're not having to help. Yeah. You, you know, if you just get out of his way and let him do it. And the problem is, is that right. the, uh, the court thing, I think, just confuses it and it gives him cover, right? I mean, so he's able to spin it. He's able to, to spin it in court right. to, to, to hurt your credibility. Right. And he's probably to do. Right. He's probably also using that with the kids and stuff. But but with him, with with the crap that he's doing with his girlfriend and stuff, l- just let him implode on himself, and save your resources for when it's when it's super serious. And and I mean, I know. Right. Um, I mean, I'm assuming from what you were saying, the uh, what did you call it? The almond, the whatever he was taking. It's not tech. Is it is it illegal to take that where you're at? Um, it's not, it's not considered a street drug. No, but he, yeah, see, right, but it's a hallucinogen, you know, it's very serious. No, I, you know? I, I, I get and it. Right. I mean, you know, I, my, I, my son, no, my son wasn't taking, yeah, he wasn't taking a juvenile court or anything. He had drug counseling, social services came and drug tested him. Of course he was negative. It was a one time. Yeah. Look, kids experiment. I smoked right. pot throughout my whole teens. I'm yeah. Like, you, so, I mean, that, and that's know? the thing. So you, you just got to be more, you got to be more strategic in, in what you, you take. I mean, not what you take. I mean, the approach you take, because what happens oftentimes right. is, no, I mean, I hear you and it, and it's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's tough, I right? I, like, I, I, I understand well, what, what you're it, saying. It's so hard. Oh, yeah. I try. You know I, I, <laughs> I, I really I can know, relate. You know, I know. I watch your show every day. I know. And I thought I'm calling you because you're so amazing with this stuff. And, you know, I, I, what I did before I put in my last petition in March for emergency temporary custody was I, anytime something came up, I had the doctor call him. Like, if he didn't treat my kids for their asthma, the pulmonologist called. And she said to me, do you want to call CPS? And I said, I'd rather have you um, force him to give the medication. And she did. I, you know, I just tell Now, my son is told his pediatrician in the last few months, I don't want to be at my father's house. He doesn't give me medical care. So she, I have that on file. And if I need to, I will tell him that. Right. Right. Now I don't think I should do that, but she is behind my son even more than she was before. So, you know, she has defended my son's medical care and, uh, they, I have a lot of clinicians behind me protecting them. So that's good. The school knows what's happening. Um, you know, new psychiatrist knows what's happening. Everyone is on board for my son, right? So yeah. I could with, I've been saying to my lawyer, like you're saying, look, let's withdraw and take it one situation at a time. I can always yeah. go to court 
to mm-hmm. file a motion for A, B, or C without yep. filing for custody. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah, I think that's a, so, I think I think that's probably you know, a better approach. So, but I but I understand your dilemma, and I know we're going to have to wrap this up here in a minute. But I understand your dilemma because yes, yes. you you know we feel that our kids' well being and or lives are at at stake, and we feel helpless to force right. the other person right. to be a decent human being. And it's it's the most frustrating right. thing. And I mean, I had similar experiences in my own situation, and it's mm-hmm. just you feel helpless. But you're not helpless. You it's you just, do yeah. you know you do have recourses, and it sounds like in a lot of ways you are winning with your kids. And uh, I would just you know keep your keep your resources close and build a better bit. Uh, let me try that again. Build a better story to fight your case right. when you're ready. And it doesn't sound like you are right now. So. Well. No, I mean, I'd rather, yeah, I know you have to wrap it up. I hear what you're saying. Just give give them what they need. Go from the positive. Like, give them what they need in their life rather than dealing right. with this whole. I also think, you know, I think these people get a lot of attention when you bring them to court. Oh, I've, I've, absolutely. Like it's it. their playground. I think you love this. And, right. and, and right. if, they, if he's, uh, you know, representing himself and it's not hurting him financially anymore, he gets to play the game. He gets to run you through the ringer. And he gets to f- try to financially right. ruin you. I mean, it's a win-win-win for him. Right. So, um, right. which financially ruins his kids? He, he doesn't, doesn't care. Have the money to take care but, of the But kids. the thing is, is he that people care. like this don't give a rat's ass about anything other than winning. If they hurt you, they hurt the kids. They hurt their future. It doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. matter. They don't think about it that. Doesn't matter. So you know, I mean, so you got to right. be. So, you, yeah. you got and I and it's so it's so easy to get wrapped up into this to where you're, you're trying to fight it and you get, you know, in that stress and that, Oh my God, I have to do something. And you're just, you know, you're basically, you know, launching missiles, so to speak, trying to, 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 to hit the target, but you're not being strategic in what you're doing. And it's just flailing around, Right. you know, I mean, so, you know, I mean, and it sounds like your attorney sees this and he's trying to give you some advice. I, I think, He's wonderful. Yeah. He's he's wonderful. He's not just taking my money. No, he's good. Good. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you. I'm so glad we talked. And and so do I hang up and watch the rest of the show? Absolutely. Don't go away. Okay. (laughs) Thanks for calling. Okay. 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 Thank you. All right. Bye. All right. Sorry about the, 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 uh, the technical issues. I think I got them resolved. You know, it's just, it is just, it's so, t- you know, it's kind of interesting because this, I'm going to, I'm going to roll into the topic. Um, actually, I'll look at the comments first, but I just want to say that, you know, they, what I was going to basically title this video before is, is that they follow the same playbook because I'm kind of dealing with the same shenanigans that have been going on, ongoing for, for years. I'm still dealing with, with stuff, but before I do that, let me, let me scroll back and I, and I apologize for the the technical problems. I think I might've figured it out as things were going. I think I might've realized or found what my problem is, but I'll have to, uh, I'll have to look at that later after the show. So um, let's see here. So now let me see if, if moderator Debbie has sent me anything. Uh,
Oh, okay, interesting. Let me see if I can find this. Um, where is it? Okay. So this is where it comes hard is that now I have to, I'm trying to find this comment so I can highlight it. And, uh, nope, not there. Nope, not there. Wow, I've missed a lot on the, uh, on the comments. And, okay, well, then I can't find it, so never mind. Oh my gosh, what, a, what an interesting experience with technology. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> the wise chat manager says, uh, DSD shenanigans should be said in a fake Irish accent. That's funny. Whenever I read that, I actually heard myself saying it that way. I'm not going to do it because I don't want to. I don't want to offend anybody. But that's funny. Um, yeah. Okay. Anyways. All right. So, man, odd show. I apologize. Not for the caller, just for the me being distracted with the technology thing. I think it was a good discussion, though. And, and I, actually, let me pause on that for a moment. This really goes back to the common thing I, I generally say, which is you have to really think about your battles. You got to pick your battles and look at is, is it really worth it? It is not straightforward fighting with a narcissistic person. They squirm around. They are, you know, they're slimy and slippery. It's like trying to hold goo in your hand. It just slips through your fingers and there's nothing really to catch on to. And they have an, an incredible ability to deflect and play this game. Plus, they love it. They love the attention. They love the, 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 the whole thing about it. Even if they lose, it's a victory because they're not necessarily fighting for anything that's really important to them. They're just fighting to fight. Once you understand that, then you can really take a pause and say, okay, what, in the, what can I legitimately expect to get in a fight, in a legal battle? Once you, you know, then you look at that and then you have to decide, is it really worth it? And I think a lot of times it's not. We really have to have our cases completely lined up all the evidence in, 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 you know, laid out and be in a situation to where it's like, I have no other choice except to take this to court. For me, that would be time. If, if all of a sudden, you know, my next visitation, my next visitation, I hate that word. My next parenting time comes around. And if the ex is like, I've decided that uh, it's dangerous for the kids to be with you and I'm not letting them come back. That would be a situation where I'd be like, okay, you know what? I need to, to push this. Now, potentially, if that was the case and I was also getting the kids saying, I hate you, I don't want to be around you, and I'm dealing with, well, like, like in my situation, 15-year-old, maybe 16 or 17, you really have to to look at it and say, okay, is this really a fight I want to have? Is this a fight that's worth fighting? Is it better to find a different battlefield to play this out on? It's tough. It is really tough. All right, let's see. 
Shane says they're fighting to win and to hurt us in any way they can. Right. And, but see, Shane, the thing is, is that's the win. Even if they lose, quote unquote, what they're trying to win in court, if they've hurt us or they've financially ruined us or they've caused us pain, they consider that a victory. They consider that a win. So again, I think you really have to look at what exactly is going on and what you hope to accomplish. That, I mean, for instance, that's the reason why I haven't taken the ex back to court to lower child support now that she's working. It's because I don't, when I look at it, I, I, I think there's a path of victory, like just on the facts, just on, you know, the way things are, all things being equal. I think that I would, if I went into court and nothing else came up, I would win. However, she, I know my ex, she's not going to just sit by and let it happen. She's going to attack the kids. She's going to screw with them. So in my decision matrix, I'm looking at it and saying, okay, is, I mean, three to $600 a month. I haven't looked recently to see what it is, but I think it's around, around that level. That would be helpful. You know, I'm, it would, be, it would be helpful. But is it worth it to risk my youngest, well, even my oldest, my kids getting dragged into the middle of this? Because what I can tell you from my own experience, I've seen multiple times where I've pushed the, poked the bear and the attack doesn't come at me. It, it goes to the kids and it screws with them. And I can't explain that to him. Well, maybe the oldest, maybe the 21-year-old gets it. The 15-year-old doesn't get it. So I have to play this, this stupid game where I'm trying to gauge in real time what is the effect, you know, what is the most effective course of action that I can take that provides me the best of a bad situation. And guys, if, if you're sitting there looking at this and you're having, and you're listening to me say this and it's irritating you or maybe it's giving you a PTSD response, you have to take a moment. Hold on a second. My whole system just crashed again. Man, I, I, I hate this when this does this because then I have to figure out which one. Okay, so that one was the worky one. That one's the not worky one. Let me stop that. Come on. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, my God, what a pain. Hold on. Dealing with, dealing with stupidness again. There we go. All right. God, sorry about that. I'm, I'm testing a beta out and there's, it's complicated. Anyways, I digress. Let me see if you guys, if that made sense. Let's see. Yeah, I'm definitely missing some of the stuff that's going on in the comments. 
So John says, do you see, I've not seen an attorney solve anything for anyone. I don't blame you for not getting child support reduced. Yeah. It's just, it's, you know, I mean, even when I talked to my attorney last time, I haven't talked to my attorney in a few years. And the last time we were looking at, at stuff, I mean, at least he was honest. He's like, you know, I think you could, I, and I was trying to think I might've been wanting to try to reduce support. And he looked at the numbers and he said, you know, there's like a 50, 50 chance that you'll win on this. You may not, because I, I don't see it getting raised with, with the way the numbers are. It would probably be the same, but you'll, it'll probably cost you five to $6,000 to try this and you may get nailed with her costs. So it could cost you 10, 10 grand. And it was like, he's just like, man, I don't, I mean, if you want to do it, you know, we'll do it. But it just seems like not a really good return on investment. And, and I get it, you know, I mean, it's, I mean, there's a period of time where I would have, uh, I would have absolutely anything I could do. I mean, if I, if I had the choice between letting the ex have 10 grand or burning it in a fireplace or giving it to an attorney, I would have given it to an attorney just because I didn't want her to get anything. And there, but there's more to it than just the cost of what, of the, the number of costs. There's also the emotional cost. There's also the, the, uh, the cost to our sanity, our security, our emotional well-being. And that is, in my mind, what I've learned is that is so much more valuable than the monetary cost. That's why I can sit here and know that uh, the ex is getting more than she deserves, more than she's entitled to, and I don't care. Actually, I was talking to my, uh, my son about something the other day, and, and well, remember, he's 21 years old, so that changes the, changes the dynamic a little bit. But I was just saying, you know, effectively, well, and partly it was because he's like, I don't get it. <clears throat> you know, it's in the middle of COVID. His mom and his one of his sisters will go into town and spend all day and just go shopping. And I'm like, dude, because she's working now, she's making as much as I was giving her before. So she's got a lot of money. So, you know, I mean, it doesn't surprise me that the shopping sprees have, have recommenced. You know, I mean, it just, it is what it is. And what's, I, I think the nice part about it is when I was talking about that, I realized that it wasn't affecting me anymore. I didn't get angry. I didn't get bitter. I didn't get, you know, all frustrated. It's just like, it is what it is. And I'm focused on the long term. I'm focused on, I need to get my loans paid off. I need to keep my head above water, which I'm, you know, I'm doing, I'm paddling, I'm dog paddling. You know, <laughs> it'd be nice if the channel would grow. <laughs> Anyways, but uh, it, that's what I'm focused on. It's like, okay, how do I, how do I serve my prison sentence, get through the next phase of my life and, and extract myself from the situation? I have a plan that is a, it's a multi-tiered plan. I have a ton of money that are being paid to consolidation loans. 
or the last nine years of mistakes, all of those should be due, <clears throat> due, due's not the right word. All those should be complete within the next two to three and a half years. And that's a big chunk of change that's going to be put right back in my pocket. Right in the middle of that, my, my youngest is no longer covered under the family court system. So that gigantic check that's going for that stops. And it's like, okay, if I can stay healthy and sane and calm for three to four more years, things will turn around. I'll have more financial breathing room. I'll be in a better position. And that's what I'm focusing on. I'm focusing on minimizing the damage that this person causes me and our kids as much as possible. And to try to get as far away emotionally, you know, I mean, if I could do it physically, that I can throughout this process. It's just crazy. I, I appreciate, John, you saying that when I was being a little sarcastic. DSD, since you started this, your average daily users has doubled. Uh, it will increase, but will take time. Why, thank you, John. I appreciate that. <laughs> and I appreciate, I, I hope you guys appreciate my sick, my sick and twisted humor on what I find funny. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Um, I think I might have a caller. Uh, I, I'm going to try to do this without imploding everything. And uh, so for the caller at area, area code 269, I am going to go to you right now. Hello and welcome to the show. Hi. Hey, how's it going? Hi, this is Bill. Hey, Bill. Hey, we talked once before. Um, I wanted to talk about uh, you know them railroading and taking advantage of you mm -hmm. and controlling the situation, the dynamic. Yeah, and how how you can uh, possibly make a difference with your children, and uh, be able to stay on top of it. the The biggest problem that I would say that normal people are dealing with is cognitive dissonance and understanding what's going on, why it's going on, how it's going on, and where it's going. Uh, we're we're at a loss on trying to be able to to stake this evil and this twisted because they're going after an agenda. Smear campaign yeah. you is fun, okay? They, they really like doing this, and they love lying about you. It gives them, and if someone's buying it, it just gives them a sense of purpose. Yes. We don't think this way, and yeah. this, this is part of the problem. Um, you know, you've got to know thy enemy like you know thyself, and then you, you won't lose the battle. This is part of uh, understanding going down the rabbit hole and seeing your enemy for what it is and not imp implementing your own feelings on your enemy and your own values because they play by the Nazis played by a whole different set of rules and look how successful they were. Yep. Okay. It took overwhelming force and consistency to be able to break them. Uh, with what I'm saying, uh, in the best interest of the laws in your state where you are, uh, Google them, research them and go through them and learn them like a Bible. Understand where you've got the leverage in the courtroom to be able to make a judge own it. If you don't show the judge in print and give him an example, he is he, there. You're going to have to educate the judge to play ball. This is this is part of the deal. When he sees that you working with him in the best interest of the kids, 
versus putting up with just giving up. Because remember, we're developing this in our society as we go. Yes. Slavery, this is no different than what took place with slavery. We are slaves to these people. And they're getting away with making us, like you said, do your time, put yeah. us in bondage. So if you can get a, a parental alienation expert, it's expensive. Yeah. Um, if you could get in with the uh, some type of paralegal, uh, there's groups of paralegals that, that communicate and talk, and there's college kids that do research into this. If you can get into one of those groups to be able to help problem solve, get the information to the courtroom. Uh, to be able to file, be your own advocate in front of the judge, go to the courtroom, sit in the courtroom, watch the judge, learn his personality, his quirks, what he likes, what he doesn't like. Yeah. Document your proof. You need overwhelming leverage on your on your um, cluster B that you're dealing with. They, I want to say that they have, uh, they're consistent. There's patterns to them. If you can show the, the court the patterns, then you're going to have a lot, lot stronger case. They're going to lie. Okay, now this lying, you, we, normal people can't grip this volume of lying. Right. I've got my, my 11-year-old son is gaslit, and he, 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 he won't listen to anything I say. She sabotages everything. My daughter is five. My daughter told me last week that she goes to the children's psychologist. They both do. They both lie and say that I abuse them. And, and they make up, they, she makes up stories and has the children tell them. And then the kids are punished if they don't do this and they're rewarded if they do. Now, right. this has been going on for a year and a half. So, what I'm trying to say is that their deceitfulness, who would think of doing this to a kid, right? This is just yeah, nobody. horrible. Right. So, nobody. But I found out this is why the, the children's psychologist won't talk to me or won't see me. I can't take the children. I asked the children's psychologist, can I take the kids to the month of October if I'm having all these problems? But I've got no response. Right. So you have you, – you cannot be defensive with these people. You have to be offensive. You have to understand how to do this. When I call her out and send her attorney the letter that – I know that you're making it your lie to the making the kids lie. I know that you're uh, causing this dynamic. I know that you're making a mess of it. In the best interest of the children, I want to take them to a specialist in high conflict divorce. I want to be able to take the children myself because you sabotage it. You've told the children's psychologist's office that I had supervised visitations with Child Protective Services. There's no case number. There's no worker's name. There's no record of this. The right. judge never ordered it. But yet you, you told them this. I have no credibility with them, and you're making the children lie for you. And I'm going to call her out. She is going to react. Oh, yeah, this absolutely. Be, uh, well, the last time I did this, well, last month, was, or at the beginning of the month, she filed a PPO on me because I called her out and told her to fix the lie at the children's psychologist's office, which she did not. So we're going to go to court over the PPO coming up. And it's all about parental alienation and projection. So right. if you learn the best interest of the child act in your state where you are, there's going to be a lot more cases that's in there from people that you'll be able to pull examples out of. And you can see the patterns of who did what, and you're able to use that information. Um, you have to attack their weaknesses and call them out on it. That's their lie. But you have to have irrefutable proof that this is going on. And yeah. he will bait you or he will bait you. 
and make you look stupid. They will create a situation and hope you jump on it so that you, you they, there's no proof to back it up. So they can say that you're falsely accusing them. Absolutely. But I've got the psychologist. I've got the psychologist's office because it's abuse by proxy is what mm-hmm. that's called. I've got the psychologist's office not answering me. And then when my daughter explained to me that she feels sad because she lies about me to everybody because she's made to, it all made perfect sense. It felt like dominoes in my head. And I, I contemplated it. I waited. I was thinking of how's the best way to use this. I've got the court coming up on the 22nd, so I'll be able to use it in the courtroom that I've asked her to cooperate. Let's go to somebody new that you've sabotaged it. Let's move on. I'm showing, I'm communicating, I'm trying, I'm doing this stuff. I'm going to show this to the judge. And of course she won't answer it. And then I'm also educating her attorney on what's going on because, you know, they don't tell their attorneys the whole truth. Oh no, absolutely not. Cause they're going to lie to them. Like, mm-hmm. so what I'm trying to say is that you don't want to be victimized uh, by these people, but we don't know. We're learning as we go to be able to yeah. move forward because, our, like like you said, you know, the attorneys aren't able to help. Well, the reason is that they, they haven't been victimized by these people, and when they were, they didn't understand what was going on. Right. These cases are in front of them consistently, day in and day out, but they don't recognize the pattern. And then our children, our children suffer. Our, our children, yeah. children are abused. They go to my son is failing school. My, my, this of, is pathetic. Yeah. Which is all, co- is which is all school. common. And the, and the sad part yeah, is, is that your ex is going to spin that, that it's be you. It's the abuse oh, that yeah, you're yeah, doing yeah, that's yeah, causing yeah, it. it. Yeah. No, but, I, but man, I, you, you, what I, you've outlined out, I mean, you, you hit some really key points on this, you know, figure out the law specifically in you, your, in you, your state, you know, state, itemize your, I mean, basically focus on those things to really build your case so that the people who are important can see what you're trying to say in terms that they understand. And until you do that, you're just, you're screaming in, into the wind. Right. And the leverage I got on her is the lie at the, at the children's psychologist's office, because I've got proof to the judge that they're, that they bought, they drink her Kool-Aid. Yeah. That I'm not, I listen, if I'm the abuser, shouldn't I be going to counseling, getting help and then working on the problem? Shouldn't I be sentenced to fix my person? Hello. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? But exactly. no, this isn't going on. So that is the thing that I'm going to use. Good. And um, I'm going to put that. I'm, and I've already went and done a parental evaluation last uh, two months ago. I'm waiting on the results for that. I paid $1,100 to get a parental evaluation done. So as soon as I get that, I'm hoping I'll get it before the uh, PPO hearing. When is that? So when are you going back to court? Test, gonna, 22nd of October. Okay, so at least soon. So... Ish. Yeah, it's, it's over her, the false. Yeah, in Mich- and I live in Michigan, and Michigan's got a uh, parental alienation law that if I could prove parental alienation, I will get her, I will get my kids for 90 days to break the trauma bond. Oh, I remember you mentioning that before, right? Yeah. So, you see, what, I, what I'm trying to say is how you, if, you, if your state has this or doesn't have this, mm-hmm. I mean— I was lucky that I was able to pay my attorney, a, a parental alienation expert that's friends with Linda Godley and Amy Baker. Right. And he was on the board. He's a, he's ungodly expensive, but yeah. he was able to just send me a PDF of that really quick. I even think I forwarded that to your show and or your website. But what I'm saying is that I, I didn't know this. You know, I didn't realize that that was there. And the judge, um, my attorney said, we're going to have to educate the judge in the courtroom on this yeah, topic. Absolutely. 
Man, thanks for sharing that. I really appreciate it. That was some really great information. Okay. So well, I, I, you know, I don't want to dominate everything, but what I'm trying to do is say that you cannot be a victim. If you're going to stay in a victim mode, they're going to keep victimizing you. Yeah, true. And, and it's you, you have to, it, but you have to approach it the right way. I mean, you, we have to learn how to I'm help ourselves. How to do this. Yeah. I mean, we shouldn't have to, but we have to. We're looking. Well, we're looking outside. Everybody's listening to YouTube, or we're going there. We're doing reading books, but we're not able to. The strength comes from within us to figure out and use our best judgment on what we should do and what we shouldn't. And because they've distorted that so well, and we're, we're consistently being bombarded with, you're the bad person. And yep. our empathy causes us to self-reflect and go, did I do this? Am I that right. bad? Am I? Exactly. And, it, and that's our Achilles heel. We have to learn how to use our empathy strategically. When to turn it on and turn it off. Right. All right, I'm going to have to cut you off there because we're about out of time. Okay, thank you. Thanks. Guys, you know, I, I think the reoccurring theme that we've seen over the last, what, last week and this week, and, I know, and technically I've been saying this for a really long time, is it's our presentation, how we put the information out there that really is critical. Most people don't speak our language or our collected experience. They're going through looking at things, and if we are not effectively communicating, we have to stop, like the last caller was talking about, or what basically he was saying, and find a different approach. Learning, basically learning the rules of the game for your particular area so you understand what you're dealing with. Focusing your approach on the criteria that the state uses to make their determinations makes it easier. We have a very limited time when, when you know, our day in court, our days in court, because it takes a while, but every one of those times has to be a strategic piece of the puzzle that helps you get to the goal you want or what you need. And if you're dealing in a situation like this and you're not able and you're and it's not working, you have to try something different. These people enjoy the chaos. They enjoy keeping this game going on and on and on. We it's it's an imperative for us to learn the rules of what we're dealing with, change our our strategy to be the most effective that we possibly can. And we have to do that all while trying not to go crazy and lose ourselves in the stress and the anxiety and the anger and the bitterness that we have every right to feel, that you have every right to feel. We, we are really the best driver of our situations to try to figure things out. And it's sad that we have to resort to YouTube channels and, and books and information that we can grab from wherever we can to build our arsenal, so to speak, to be able to effectively do that. And on that... Apologize for all the problems today. 
but it looks like I was able to do it without destroying the show, so that's that's good. Guys, be kind to yourself. I do want to say thank you to all the channel members who have uh, who there we go who have supported the channel and by becoming channel members. I really appreciate it. It helps keep the lights on, keeps the phone numbers going, and all that kind of stuff. Be kind to yourself, and I shall see you on tomorrow's show.